Welcome to the Back Porch with Jay and Brandon, and I'm Jay. Today we've got Josh Smith back with us as a co-host, and Josh has previously done an episode with us. So Good morning. If you've not listened to Josh's episode, I highly recommend that you do so. It's got some pretty great stuff on there. Today we're going to be talking with Wes Henley. Wes has got a very large musical resume. I, I just can't keep a job. We're going to talk with Wes about his recording studio in Jackson called Highland House Productions. We're also going to talk to him about playing guitar with the late, great Carl Perkins. So uh, Josh is probably going to be doing a lot more talking in this episode. He knows Wes a lot better than I do. Well, we go way back. We won't, we won't get into all of them. But <laughs> and how old were you when we first met, Josh? Oh, my goodness. I I'm trying to think. 15, 16 years ago. So it's been a minute. 23, man. 24. Well, time flies, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's insane. You haven't changed a bit. Oh, man. It, it really doesn't seem like that long. <laughs> it doesn't. Since, since the first time you walked in my studio. I liked you right away. That was, well, thank you. You're a good man. <laughs> I appreciate it. It was one of my first first ever experiences in a studio, I believe. If He's a good, friendly fellow. I really did. I had a good feeling about him instantly. And then he started singing. And, man, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Well, yeah, that's all, that's all producer tricks. <laughs> uh-uh. No, 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 no. Is that one of the we, right. we We got to have something to start with, man. <laughs> Wes, you played a lot with Carl Perkins, didn't you? I did. Uh, Carl was, uh, briefly, without you know the, the life history, was the reason I play guitar. He's the reason I started playing. I was five years old. It was 19... 19- 61. I know. Honestly, I've been playing guitar for 54 years. Wow. Been playing a long time. And uh, I heard Blue Suede Shoes on WLS Radio in Chicago. I was a kid, uh, like most kids, playing in the streets all the time. And then I discovered radio and discovered music. And I heard that song on the radio, and I decided that's what I wanted to do was play guitar. I grew up in Chicago. And, of course, in those days, if you had a record on WLS Radio, you had made it. You know, that was that was a huge deal. And uh, somehow or another, my dad brought me a guitar the next day. He found one somewhere, and I don't know how he could afford it, but he got it done and brought it to me, and uh, the rest is downhill, so they say. But, uh, yeah, he was he was a huge influence on my life as a person and as a musician. I uh, was close friends with him for 25 years and toured with him through most of the 80s. Man, I can only imagine the caliber of people that you met. Goodness, yes. That opened a lot of doors and allowed me to meet and play with uh, a lot of my heroes growing up. Yeah. Um, did you come from a musical family? Did your dad play? Or did well, my dad played a little bit. Yeah. You know, he he, uh, he he would sit around the house and, and strum on his old, he had an old Epiphone acoustic guitar that was a great big jumbo thing, like a J200, but, but an Epiphone. And, you know, he knew four or five chords and would sing old standard country tunes, Jimmy Rogers and Hank Williams tunes. And I'm talking about the real Hank Williams folks, not these impersonators that call themselves Junior and Three. I'm talking about the real one. Uh, but no, seriously, it, Dad would, would do that. And it never really sparked. It was just something Dad did. You know, and I guess it wasn't cool until I heard it on the radio and heard Blue Suede Shoes. And there was something about the spark in that song that really ignited it. And then I learned, I really learned to appreciate what Dad was doing. And he showed me the the few things he knew about guitar and uh his guitar was so big though i could not wrap my (laughs) arms i couldn't sit it on my knee or play i had to lay it down in my lap and play it 
flat laying yeah. flat in my lap because I, I was only five you know yeah you said you grew up in chicago how old were you when you moved to jackson when did, when did that all come about i waited till i got out of high school yeah and I, I promised my mom i would finish school you know it was tempting to quit but because honestly and this is no conceded anything but it, in school they never told me anything i didn't already know i didn't really feel like i learned anything and my idea of school was always they should be filling my head full of something useful and they weren't right. but i stuck with it anyway because i promised mom i would you know and uh, when i got out of high school i moved down here the very next weekend and started playing music and one of the bands i played with uh we were very very successful i'm going to play uh today one of the one of the tunes that, that we cut with that group now if you guys haven't seen wes play he's an amazing guitar player he yeah, he, he will burn the neck of a guitar off, man. I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Wes, what was the what was the first guitar that you bought? Maybe not the first one that was given to you, but the first one that you saw and you put in your hands and it had your heart. What was that? It was a gold top Les Paul. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, it was, uh, let me see, along about 1968, yeah. I guess. I was 12 years old and went to the music store and found that gold top Les Paul hanging there used and uh, little did I know how valuable it would become. Right. You know, at the time it wasn't very old. It was only about, you know, 10 or 11 years old. And uh, I've had a bunch of guitars like that over the years that are now like retirement money. Right. <laughs> but like an idiot kid, you know, you trade and you swap and you do things. But yeah, that gold top was, was a pretty good old guitar as it turns out. And uh, you still have it, it. it. I was at the time I was, I was actually, starting to teach guitar lessons, taking over the students from my teacher. I, I uh, had a guitar teacher because I wanted to learn how to read music and wanted to understand how music really worked, not just play by ear. Even as a, as a kid, I, I knew the importance of that and, and welcomed it. And uh, I saved my money from teaching guitar lessons and bought that guitar on payments, you yeah. know, put it on layaway, so to speak. So you still have it? No, 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 no. no. But I did get another one recently <laughs> in, in memory of that guitar. There you go. Uh, I bought another one recently. Was there a, a guitar player that sticks out in your hand when you were when you were twelve years old, holding that guitar in your hand and looked in the mirror? Who who were you at twelve years old? Uh, it was by that time it was Hendrix and Clapton and Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page and and Richie Blakemore right. you know, from Deep mm -hmm. Purple. That guy is uh, underrated. Uh, David Gilmour, Pink Floyd. You know all those guys from the late sixties, early seventies. At that age, were hugely impactful to me and uh, like I say Gilmore he he never really I don't think gets the credit he deserves as a guitarist uh, someone who's a fairly accomplished guitarist can certainly appreciate what he does yeah. and it's awesome oh, what a great time to be to be growing up it's yeah I was exposed to some you know? of the best stuff you could imagine and I was just soaking it up man I was a sponge and and then as a kid too as a young teenager I was able to play on Lincoln Avenue a lot in Chicago uh, a lot of the blues guys there sort of welcomed me and, and took me under their wing, and I was able to play with a lot of those folks and uh, get, a, get a lot of good experience there, let me tell you. Are you uh, Not only does, does Wes play guitar, and he, he's, you also do a lot of recording, a lot of producing and things like that. Uh, we have a recording studio in Jackson, uh, Highland House Productions. We started it in, let me see, we were incorporated in 1993, and uh, the reason for that studio is that West Tennessee, outside of Memphis, did not have a professional studio. And I understand that I'm not gonna make a living owning a recording studio, operating a recording studio in our market, at least not yet. But 
there was a need for that service. There are so many great players, and I know you guys talk about this all the time. There is a wealth of talented people in the Mid South, and I'm including you know Northeast Mississippi and over in Arkansas and West Kentucky and even. Uh, of course, Alabama, Northwest Alabama, but they have studios there. Right, a little place called Muscle Shoals. Yeah, yeah, they've they've made a record or two over there. But really, our area, West Tennessee, here, we we didn't really have anything. Folks had to go to Memphis or Nashville to get a professional recording, and I decided that was unfair. And uh, I thought I could at least approach trying to give them something that's professional sounding. And you've been putting out great great work ever since 93. I work real hard at it. I, I do. I work real hard. I take it very seriously, and we don't mind investing in great equipment. And uh... Wes, we're going to go ahead and play one of your titled songs called Autumn. What can you tell us about this song? Well, this song, I was on a trip out west in, in a motorhome out to the Grand Canyon and so forth, and coming through Colorado, a little town in Colorado, I saw a guitar shop, and I thought, well, wait a minute. I'm going to stop and look and see what this guy has turns out the guy builds his own guitars he's a luthier and he had a bunch of really nice vintage guitars in there some old gibsons and stuff that i i was itching to buy but didn't i i i resisted but he had some little parlor size guitars and i'm a big fan of what they call 12 fret guitars acoustic guitars that join the body at the 12th fret rather than the 14th fret it places the bridge farther back on the soundboard and slotted headstocks which gives a lot more downbearing bottom line is uh, it makes for a much more louder tone or, or, or a louder guitar with a, a, a more full tone for an acoustic guitar, that particular uh, construction technique. And this guy agreed to build me one. And he built a custom guitar for me with uh, beautiful flame black walnut back and sides and nice mahogany neck and what they call bear claw spruce on the top. Well, when he sent me the guitar, I finally got it. Uh, it just it just blew my mind. Took it out of the case, and this song jumped out of the guitar. It was the craziest thing. I just started playing this this ID lick for this song. It was the first thing I played on the guitar. It just jumped out of it. Um, it was in uh, November, so I just figured I just entitled the tune "Autumn" for go. no other reason than it was November and a beautiful guitar. Well, let's take a listen to that now.
Hey, this is Brandon Newman from Newman & Webb Law Firm in Trenton, Tennessee. What makes a great musician is what makes a great lawyer, the ability to tell a story. And at Newman & Webb Law Firm, we know how to tell your story. We handle all kinds of litigated cases. That means cases that are handled in court. So if you know someone or if you have a case and you need to speak to an attorney, call Newman & Webb Law Firm in Trenton at 855-2972 or check us out on Facebook because we can tell your story. All right, and we're back, and that was uh, Autumn. Uh, was that recorded at Highland House? Yes, yes. Uh, nowadays, uh, the only time I record somewhere else is when they uh, call me to come in and do a session from time to time for another artist. I still uh, do some session work. I used to do a lot of that in Nashville, Muscle Shoals, and Memphis. But nowadays, okay. I, I try to do most of my stuff at my place. Uh, I don't get many calls anymore. Honestly, I don't know what it is. People may think I've retired or something. I don't know what it is, but nobody ever asks me to play Well, anymore. I'll tell you, Wes, after and this... It kind of hurts my feelings, man. Dead <laughs> gummit, I like playing on stuff. Well, after, after this show, people's going to hear about you, Lord, <laughs> and your phone's well, going to be burning up. I hope so. I enjoy playing on things for people. I, I really, truly enjoy that creative process of developing a song with an artist, even when it's in the writing stage still. And, uh, you know... It, Josh, you've been in the studio enough to understand part of the whole production process. A, a good producer is also part songwriter, part right. arranger, mm-hmm. all of those things, you know. Definitely. And I love that process of creating something from an idea in somebody's head to a finished recording that you can go play on the radio. That's a wonderful process. Well, tell us about, uh, you're talking about studio sessions and you've done some studio work. Who have you done some studio work for that everybody may know of? Oh, goodness, man. Of course, Carl. Uh I was close friends and, and toured with Jimmy Jameson's Survivor for a long time, recorded with him a lot. Oh, man, recorded with, we did some sessions with Johnny Cash back in the day. Um, the Judds, um, man, I mean, you're, you're, at, you're asking me to, to name a laundry list, and I'm really uncomfortable <laughs> doing that. I really, really, really hate doing that. Right. Uh, I've played with a bunch of folks, though. That's uh, pretty good. Charlie though, Daniels, Don Henley, George Harrison, uh, Willie. Um, man, I've I played with tons of folks that, that I know people would recognize. But what a- I'm always really uncomfortable about that because I don't ever like to – come off sounding like I'm any kind of anything. I'm just a guy that knows how to play guitar a little bit and enjoys doing it. I've been very fortunate with my career. You know, I got I, to uh, I got to hang out with Willie one time for about an hour. And man, he is man, he is something else. He's he, brilliant. He he is he's brilliant and he is extremely down to earth. He, you he know, sure just just like you're do, you know, you're doing right here. You're sitting here you know, talking about all these big names that you've played for, but you're so humble about it. You know, you're, you're not trying to build yourself you, up. You can't ways. help but be humbled when you're in the presence of true genius. And, you know, some of the people I just talked about were just overpowering. You know, they don't call them stars for nothing, man. You can't look at them. Well, you know, and, and, awesome. and talking to Willie, Willie acted the same way. He acted like he was a nobody. You know, and this is, you know, just within the past 10 years, you know, he's you know, he's known across the world, and he was still acting just like he was just a normal guy off the street, you know. And and the truth is, he may be the best American songwriter ever, the most prolific. He may very well be. Think about it. The guy's been writing songs for 80 years. Exactly. And he's exactly. got some he's... amazing hits to his name. Oh, he sure does. Man, he a does. resume that's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Catalog. He was, My God. He was definitely probably one of the 
the nicest stars that I've been around. They've all been pretty nice, but as far as just, you know, making you feel welcome and at home and, you know, he introduced me to his sister, his band, his crew. I mean, he was, he was just, he was awesome. I really wish I could play it for you. Carl wrote a song for Willie and they recorded it together. Nobody will probably ever hear it. I don't know that it will ever be released. It was released on a, on a, a compilation thing that, uh, that they did for Carl just after his death. And it's entitled Wild Texas Wind. Uh, I wish it were on radio and promoted to some degree so that folks could hear it. But if anybody who's listening gets a chance, maybe try to search for that song. It's pretty incredible. Oh, well, some um, we were talking about you doing producing and things like that. I want to listen to another song. Uh, the work here is done. Our work here is Our done. There, there's a funny story behind this, and it goes back a few years. It goes back to 1973, honestly, when I first moved here. Um, I was approached by a fellow named David Radford, who is originally from right here in Milan, where we're doing the show today. He was playing in a, in a band they were just getting started called Handmade, and they approached me about playing. And uh, I said, well, sure, you know, I'll come down and talk to you guys, and we'll see what's up. We'll jam a little bit. Uh, but I've got a guy that I'm trying to start a band with. His name was Jimmy Sparacino. They call him Sputsy. Jimmy and I were trying to start a band, trying to get something going. I said, well, let me bring him too, because he sings and plays guitar. And I said, I'm not a singer at all, you know. And uh, we went down, and it was just instant magic. We, everybody fell in love with each other. We started playing right off the bat, and we did very, very well with that, with that band uh, till about 75. You know, for a couple of years there, we had a really good run, uh, played all over the country. And uh, this song, every 10 years or so, you know, that's been 40 years ago. Man, time flies. <laughs> every, uh, every few years since uh, 1992, we get, to, we get back together and do a reunion. We either do a gig somewhere or we just get in the studio and write some new songs and cut because one of our strong points was always writing. We always wrote uh, interesting, clever songs that would go over really well with our crowds. And this song was sort of, I wrote this song and we recorded it in our last reunion as a way of just sort of addressing what we had done as a band all those years ago. And uh, one interesting thing of note, the band was extremely successful, as I say, but the, the band was also the first integrated band in, in this part of the country, which was uh, a stretch at the time. You know, you got to yeah. think about that. In the early 70s, things were still a little screwy with people playing together, at least in this part of the country. Right. And we were the first integrated band in our, in our part of the country, and we're real proud of that because we, we brought that to the music business in this area all right well let's check it out this is our work is our work here is done i've done my part gave my time and my heart like a race with the sun my work here is done Time is gone somehow It's like a blur to me now Yeah, we had us some fun But our work here is done I was never alone I take you
shine like real stars Drove beat up old cars We had our time in the sun Now our work here is done Shed our time in the sun But our work here is done Between Nashville and Memphis lies Exit 82. The Jackson, Tennessee area is a hotbed of extremely talented musical performers. Join WNBJ for the Exit 82 show. You'll see and hear an amazing variety of original music performed by Jackson area talent. Exit 82 airs every Saturday following Saturday Night Live on Jackson's NBC 39. All right, and we're back. And that was another great song. So uh, you can tell he... uh, you know, Wes is an excellent guitar player. He, uh, you know, just like Josh was talking about, you know, burning the neck off a guitar. And I appreciate that. However, that that song is, you know, I played slide on that song. It, it's it's not my forte, but I really enjoy doing it. I love playing slide guitar. It's it's a lot of fun. You don't hear as much slide as you used to. No, not really. And and there's a lot of guys a lot better than me uh, locally. Uh, for example, I can tell you, there's a guy named Larry Bedwell. That's one of the best slide players you'll ever hear anywhere. The guy's awesome. He lives over at Jackson. You know, he's just phenomenal player. And it is. And it's like, again, you know, it's amazing what is in this area that people have no idea about. Exactly. That's why we need the help for the public to help promote things like this show, things like other venues. Get out and support these folks. If there's somebody you're the least bit interested in, go see them live. You may become way more interested. Right, right. In oh, that's exactly right. You know, last night, uh, Brandon Clifton was playing – you know, before the before the show at the Amp, and uh, you know, he started out. There was probably two or three people sitting there, you know, listening to him. And before he was done, he had drawn a pretty good crowd. And you know, you were talking about the recording studio down in Muscle Shoals. I think he's been doing some recording and work down that way in, at Muscle Shoals with the, I think it's the Colonel and his New Strangers. I think it's the name of the band. And and from what I hear, man, they're they're taking off. They're taking off well. Good. Those guys are real creative. Brandon's real creative. Oh, he guy. is, man. He he's he's Talented great. Fella. He's been on the show, and man, he had a great show. We had a great response from it. Yeah, man. I'm, yeah, they're both uh, the Colonel Joe Joe Gardner. He's he's amazing, man. And Brandon plays guitar for him, and then of course he 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 fronts Cotton Clifton and the Pickers. That's his. <laughs> that's his. Uh, what a great name. For yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And it's a nice guy, man. It's cool to hang yeah. out with the, the whole band that that's with him, and they're all just. Real down to earth and real, real nice and and personable and and I enjoy hanging out with all of them. Well, Wes, tell us about some of the uh, some of the artists that you're working with now that that you're trying to help promote or get out there. Or oh, recording. I, I'll be glad to. There's uh, 
There's a new guy that I'm working with. I'm, I'm real impressed with this guy's voice and his songwriting. His name is Santiago Reña. And it's very Americana is the best way I can describe it. It's an interesting story about the guy. Uh, I, I won't share a whole lot, but he, he's basically an orphan. You know, he grew up in foster care and stuff. And uh, I don't really know a lot of details about his life, but it seems like he's had a pretty good life anyway, uh, regardless of not having a, a blood family. And he's writing some really interesting songs. He's got a great voice. I think uh, people are going to be really impressed with him when they hear him. Uh, one of the other things, I'm a current project I'm working on right now is a young lady named Tamala Vaughn. Um, I wish I could play for you today one of the tunes we're working on. However, there's a co-producer on the project, and uh, it's not completely finalized and finished and mastered and you know re released for airplay, so to speak. Right. And until everybody signs off on it, it's it's uh, not something I can share. But I can tell you about the project. I'm very excited about it. Tamla's brother is a co-producer, and his name is Tim Carmen. He plays keyboards with Eric Clapton. Cool. And, you know, that's a really good opportunity for our area to have someone of that stature interested Absolutely. in, you know, or at least even sideways connected to one of our artists. This girl is a wonderful singer. She's awesome. Well, that's and the, great, the yeah. record is turning out so good. We're recording it at Tim's place in uh, North Hollywood and here at Highland House. But what I can tell you about the CD is that it's one of the most phenomenal things I've ever worked on. Oh, well, that sounds pretty amazing. Like you said. It's impressive. I, I, I have to say that. it's And not because of my work. It's right. awesome. And anybody that can just simply say that they've got the slightest bit of connection to Eric Clapton or... Well, I, I have a couple of connections there with with, with Clapton, but uh, because of course Carl, uh, oh yeah, Clapton was was always crazy about Carl. Well, I can tell you, out of everybody we've had on the show, I don't think I've had anybody that didn't like Carl. I mean, you know who <laughs> yeah. who who doesn't like Carl? Perkins? He was a sweetheart, and I know you guys have probably heard the story, and I've actually seen it happen where tourists will be in town and they'll find out his address and they'll drive by his house and. They'll stop and get out and talk to the to the yard man who's out there riding around on his lawnmower with a ball cap on, and they say, "Man, does Carl Perkins live here?" And the guy on the lawnmower will say, "Yeah, he does." Well, so you you mow his yard? Yeah, I do. Is is he really a nice fellow? Yeah, he's all right sometimes. You know, <laughs> they don't. And, and they say, "Well, do you, do you think maybe uh, is he home?" Yeah, he's home. He's home. What do you think maybe? You would ask him if, if we could have an autographed picture or something like that. We came here from Holland or from wherever, right. you know. And he'll say, well, I, I, you know, I'll bet he'll do that for you. Let me step inside and ask him. And they don't realize the whole time that they're talking to him. Right. They're talking to Carl. The guy, he mowed his yard and worked around in the garden and stuff. He loved all that kind of stuff. He was very humble and down to earth. We talked earlier before we started recording about, you know, a lot of the folks that, that you're trying to help promote and work with, you're recording for and things like that. And, you know, any anybody that you've got in the future that you'd like to see come on the show, I mean, get with us. And we'd be more than glad to, to come in here and try to help do what we can I will, do for them. I will do it. I'll be glad to. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't want to say I have a knack for finding them, but I've been blessed the last few years to have some artists come to our studio and work with us, produce records on, that have gone on to do real well. And hopefully it's part of, or at least partly because of our production, of, of, of the way we present these artists in a professional manner and in, a, and in the best light we possibly can. My approach to it is really simple as a producer. I just find what's special about that artist 
and what's special about the song they're doing at that moment. And I magnify that thing. You build on that. Everything else right. is wallpaper. Right. But whatever it is that's special, whether it's the hook line or the melody or, or any combination or, or even the lyric, whatever it is that's special about their voice, too. I want to find that sweet spot, that sweet part of their range where they really work, where their voice just comes to life and try to keep them in that for the majority of the song keep them in that vocal range and i've had three or four come through the last few years that have done extremely well um they've been on some national television programs some of these uh, competitions for example uh, a young lady named allison gilbert josh remembers allison well was a top 10 finalist on nashville star uh the show wasn't much of a show but there were a lot of great singers on there and a lot of super exposure for her to be a, a top five finalist on a national program is a, a home run in my book and she received some great great press for that and she's still doing really well did a uh, buddy jewel not come he did yes he, he did he was i think winner. the first year winner mm-hmm. yeah he did and he had a really good career yeah he did from that. he's um i had another girl on on the voice recently actually she's my niece Oh, cool. uh, and uh we're trying to finish a record that we're working on with her that's more of a pop kind of thing there was uh, one other fellow uh I, I guess you know the big stick in all of that of course is american idol and one of our artists that recorded with us when he was 17 years old made a great record with us I'm, this guy's got a voice that's out of this world his name's paul jolly he was a top five finalist on american idol just last year as a matter of fact just recently we well, you know speaking of paul jolly let's go ahead and play this next track you've got it's called you won and paul is actually singing on this i'll do it this is actually a keith urban song that paul found and uh, wanted to cover because he, he liked the lyrics so much and we did a little twist on this tune arrangement wise that's it's one of my things i love to do is is arrange a tune to make it a little bit something that it wasn't before and uh, on this tune um, as always my first call for session players are the members of the band the grove of course which josh is a former member of the grove and, yeah we and had i guess when they still get back together I'm, I'm sure they holler at you to come and play too yeah we still play yeah and uh, they're a great bunch of musicians and a great bunch of guys. And as I said, they're always my first call because of their very, very skilled and professional musicianship. And uh, along with myself, I, I was kind of lugging along behind playing guitar on this, but uh, these guys are wearing it out, man. And Paul, what a voice. This guy, and keep in mind, folks, when you're listening to this, this guy is 17 years old when he's singing this song. Shaking ground 
All right, and we're back, and that was you won. Uh, Paul Jolly singing the song. Uh, who who wrote that song? Do you remember? That's a Keith Urban song. Keith Urban actually yeah. wrote it. Okay, yeah. cool. So where, where is Paul now? Do you do you still keep in touch with? Yeah, him he's any? touring and doing real well. Of course, you know he did the American Idol tour exactly after the uh, the season, and he's doing extremely well. He's getting a lot of a lot of interest. He's got a new record out on iTunes. He, I think he's going to do some good. The guys. Oh, that's good. The guys got it. Well, one thing uh, that kind of stands out in my head about you, Wes, is about you hanging out with George Harrison there for, <laughs> for a week or so. What, what can you tell us about that experience? Honestly, that's like where, where, uh, where I become that little kid again that's staring up at the stage. Uh, no doubt the, the high point in my career. I spent a week with George and uh, spent a couple of days with him again about a month after Carl's death. Of course, George came for the funeral. Right. I saw him then, too. Right. And we, we talked then. But about a month after his funeral, we spent a couple of days together in L.A., and there's a great story about that. I'll try to make all this brief. We spent a week with him, and uh, he invited us over. wanted Carl to come over, invited to bring the band, and we all come over and stay a week with him at Henley-on-Thames at his, his place over there, which is a storybook castle. It's insane. We played for the 10-year anniversary of Handmade Films. Of course, he owned Handmade Films. Uh, they made all the Monty Python movies yeah. and the Time Bandits movie, uh, the Madonna movie with, uh, what was it? I can't remember the title, yeah. but but they made all those kind of movies anyway, especially the Monty Python stuff. That's what they were best known for. Those movies are just a scream. They're so funny. Oh, yeah. But he threw a 10-year anniversary for all the employees and had all, all the stars and everything. It was kind of a crazy thing. We played a concert that night, too. But and had a dinner beforehand, and of course he had us seated at his table, and uh, uh, with our table as well. Sitting next to me was Sean Connery, and John Cleese was on the other side of me. <laughs> Two of my heroes. You know, there's there's only one real James Bond. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You oh, know, exactly. everybody knows who that is. Exactly. There's no question of that. There's, he's the coolest, the coolest. And uh, we played a concert that night. George wanted to uh, to jam with his hero, Carl. You know, and little did he know he was one of my heroes. But the interesting thing about that is I was never a Beatle fan until I was probably, uh, I'll say, 28 or 30 years old. And I think it more than anything, it had to do with I had to become a, a good enough musician to really understand what they were doing. Mm -hmm. It what they did seemed so simplistic on the surface. There's nothing simple or simplistic or one-dimensional about Beatle music, about their lyrics, about their melodies, about their harmonies. Nothing about it is one-dimensional. It's just that they were able to combine the very elusive formula of absolutely world-class master quality, and by master I mean like master composers, like the symphonic composers from the past. They were able to combine that kind of musical knowledge, which was inherent in them, they didn't study or take lessons or anything with an extremely commercial sound, something that appealed to the masses in such a way that hadn't been seen since. And once I became a good enough player to really be able to understand and appreciate what they were doing, it was like one of those aha moments where you slap yourself in the head and you go, holy cow, I get it. And then I just couldn't get enough of it. And it's kind of been that way ever since. And I was just blessed and honored to share the stage with him and uh, play a concert with him and, and spend the time with him that I did. And he was absolutely a jewel, a very kind, generous, sweetheart of a person. Uh, the last time I saw him was a month after Carl had died. Greg and Stan Perkins and, and myself were asked to come out in LA and uh, House of Blues out there put on a uh, benefit show to benefit the Carl Perkins Center, right. actually, with a bunch of different artists. Uh, they had two nights there. 
one night was a reunion of the Stray Cats because I love, I love Brian Setzer always credited yes. Carl Perkins with you know him being the reason he played, which is something Brian and I have in common. But the Stray Cats got back together, and man, what a rocking show they did. Okay. Sold out, of course. And then the next night, Johnny Rivers, along with Dwight Yoakam, George Thorogood, Stephen Stills, and Graham Nash, Jennifer Warrens, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting some folks, got together to do a, a benefit concert for the center, for the Carl Perkins Center. We were there, of course, and they, they got us up to play for the last song, which was Blue Suede Shoes, of course. But sitting at the table right behind us was Steven Tyler, who, of course, is one of the owners of the House of Blues in L.A. And uh, I told Stan Perkins, I said, man, I said, this guy's sitting right behind me here, right right, right here, shoulder to shoulder. I said, uh, with, these, with his two beautiful daughters, I said, uh, tap him on the shoulder and invite him to come up and sing a verse on shoes with us. I said, this place will go crazy. And Stan looked at me, looked at him, and he says, who is he? I said, just, <laughs> just, Stan, he just hadn't been exposed to Aerosmith, yeah. and he just didn't know. Yeah. I said, just uh, trust me and do it, okay? His name's Steven, just ask him to do it and trust me the, the place will go nuts <laughs> right. and of course nobody he was just kind of incognito and hanging out up there yeah. so he did and he came out and he was the last one to walk on the stage of course when they were introducing people to come on and uh he walked out and they went absolutely nuts of course <laughs> and uh, then when he started singing it was it was it just boiled over you know well, yeah but what, it was a, a, great what a voice what a voice he had oh my god he was so yeah, you know good. steven he uh he's in nashville now recording a record with big machine I think he's decided he's going he's going to do a country album. Yeah, that's what I hear, and I'm anxious to hear it. I, I I'm having trouble imagining it. Yeah, I but don't know. The guy can know. sing the phone book. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's a, got a great voice. He's as country as a lot of that stuff. Well, well, <laughs> Some of those for today's country. He's yes. at least as country as, at least as, as, country. as a lot of things. <laughs> that are, we know we're upset we're, about that. We're talking a lot about Carl here. Let's go ahead and go to this next song. It's called Mojo. Man, this is one of the favorite things we ever did in our live show. Uh, got my mojo working. Man, this we we had a kind of a rocking version on this. We did this actually uh, as a recording for the House of Blues label. This came from a bunch of songs that we cut in. Uh, 94, 95, something like that, a few years before Carl died, some of the last things he recorded. And this was uh, only released in Europe. Oh, wow. And uh, all local players on this, every bit of this is local folks and, and recorded at Highland House. Oh, that's great. Well, let's check it out.
we're back and that was mojo by carl perkins and of course wes is playing guitar on that and man he you know carl is just an amazing fellow it seems like you know i don't i don't want to try to base this whole show on carl but man he just he had so much well he was a huge part of 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 my career no doubt he was and still is he's uh extremely influential and untold guitar players across the world started playing because they heard him play either on his own songs or playing behind Johnny Cash. I mean, you know, he, he toured with Cash for 10 years. Right, right, exactly. And, and he influenced some of the greatest heroes of the 60s and 70s. They were sitting talking with Wes Henley in Jackson, Tennessee's one and only Wes Henley. <laughs> he's played with uh, so many big names, and he's still working today with with new names that have been on TV and doing the things. And I've, I've been lucky enough to... Um, well, I've, I've been lucky enough to see Wes play several times. I've been lucky enough. I've been sober enough to play right? <laughs> with, with y'all a few times. I've been lucky enough to be on stage with Wes a few times. and, uh, and When we re- could stand. Right. And I've been lucky enough to. Um, it's an inside joke, folks. It's okay. It's, 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 it's all safe. This is a family show. Something about wild turkey. Right? Something, something. Somebody said something about wild turkey on, <laughs> on several occasions. And next thing we knew. Um, there wasn't any more wild turkey right. left. <laughs> but I've also been lucky enough to be in the studio with Wes when, when he's um, producing and, and engineering and stuff. And the, when I first moved to Jackson, one of my very first experiences was going to Highland House and the first CD that Grove did more than people. And Wes was a big part of that. And um, I think we have a song from that CD that we're going to play here in just a few minutes. We but, cut that record at two different studios, mm-hmm. uh, Baker Guitar Studios and Highland House. Yeah. I think was that it. Was there anywhere else that y'all no, tracked I think, anything? Ah, I, I think that was it. I They're think great. it was just those two places. But yeah, I got to give a shout out to Charlie there too. Yeah, Charlie's a great guy. 
Yeah, another and, another and great does musician. A fantastic job, yeah. and I, I love him dearly. I've known him a long time. Charlie Baker, oddly enough, for a time when I was here in the late seventies, I was uh, struggling with band stuff. You know how it is. It's yeah. feast and famine. You do well, and then you can't get a gig anywhere. And I was teaching guitar at Jayco's Music downtown, and Charlie was one of my guitar students really? all those years ago. Yeah, and we've remained good friends ever since then. And well, dear you, friends, I tell you, you were you must have been a good teacher because well, Charlie is a he's a great guitar and a great teacher himself now, right? He is. The intro of this song is all built around uh, a Fender Rhodes piano played through speakers with microphones on the speakers, as if you were sitting in front of it listening to it with your ears. The microphones essentially take the place of your ears and capture the sound as it moves the air. And it captures the sound in a different way than plugging directly into a mixer or what have you. And the same way with the uh, organ tracks on this record. They're with a real B3. I have a real right. B3 at the studio. And there's those two keyboards sort of built this track and there's a realness and an organic something about that that sets this song up really well. And then one of the most uh, amazing vocal performances that I've ever recorded in the studio. I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. I'm going to tell you that you can ask anybody who's been to my studio and is talking to us about recording and wants to hear some of the samples we do. There's about a half dozen things that I always play, and this is one of them. This right. song is one of them because it's one of those times in the studio where, where magic just sort of happened, and the sound of this song, the mood of this song, everything about it, the delivery of the vocal in this song is very believable, man. It cuts right through to your heart. Well, thank you, thank you. This goes back to about 2001, 2002? Something like that. Somewhere, somewhere yeah. like that. Long about 2001. Right, it's been a, been a long time, but um, we'll take a listen to it now. This is The Grove, produced by Mr. Wes Henley, a song called Unwind.
sleepless nights Too many wrongs To ever make it right Cause I'm down on my love I'm tired of giving in Like these faded songs They keep telling me where I've been And days go by And days go by And you've got the best of mine
you know, that's another great song. And, and you know, the Grove is, is kind of a staple in the Jackson area. A lot of people have followed them over the years. And, you know, in the later years, Jonathan Singleton was singing with the Grove. Is that correct? Yeah, he was the one of the founding members. Yeah, he was. He played drums for the Smoking Jackets for years. Right, and, his and the brother. Smoking Jackets became the Grove. Yeah, exactly. And I also worked on their CD. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good CD. I've never had the pleasure of, of meeting Jonathan himself personally, but you know we talk about him a lot on this oh, he's show. He's a stuck up so and so. I mean, you don't want to meet him. Don't don't worry. He's he's done moved off to Nashville and and, and you know he, he's forgotten about everybody around here. Oh, he. Man, I'm just he, kidding. Oh, you guys yeah, you guys know me. Know that I'm I'm full of it. Man, Jonathan, Jonathan has is the really, best. Yeah, he, he's helped put Jackson on the map. I mean, in his his short time in Nashville, look at. You know how many number ones he's written. Yeah, how many top he's hitting hits some home written. runs up there, man, and yeah. it's well deserved. He exactly. is just awesome. I mean, he's love that guy. You know, there's two or three on the on the radio right now that, right. that he wrote. Right. I someone told me the other day that he has five songs on the new Tim McGraw album. Is it's, that right? Really? Do you know yeah, about it's. Uh, I know he had five it's, it's, wow. tunes. It's either four or five, and, yeah. and Tim McGraw's new single today. I can't remember the diamonds and. Uh, old bar stools, diamond diamonds and old bar diamond stools. rings and old bar yeah, stools. Yeah, that's that's Jonathan. And I it, can I can hear that great. song being written. Man, that's a great song. <laughs> it is a great song. Man, such a good song. And uh, of course, he's had uh, Red Light, David Nail. I think he had another mm-hmm. hit by David Nail. Yeah, Let It Let It Rain. He did. Uh, Why can't we just dance, Josh Turner? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, uh, watching airplanes, Gary Allen. Don't Billy Carrington don't did Billy Don't. Carrington. And, uh, those those were a couple of home runs right there. Yeah, airplanes exactly. and Don't. For yeah, sure. Tyler Fair is that? Tyler Fair, yeah, got yes. the new song. A guy walks, guy walks into, into a, bar. a bar, and it's I, doing excellent. It just went gold. I saw that. Congratulations exactly. to Jonathan. Yeah, Johnny's doing real well. I'm proud he is. for him. And I tell you, well one, one thing about Tyler Farr, I've got, I've got to meet him briefly once. And when when you hear Tyler Farr sing or even talk, he sounds so much like Jonathan. Right. <laughs> I mean, he does. It's just something about it, you know. When when you hear Tyler sing that song, a guy walks into the bar. I mean, it almost sounds like it, Jonathan. It does. The first time I heard it on the radio, I I thought it was Jonathan, but I knew he. I knew the first time I heard it, he had written it. I can always tell. You can always, for some reason, when that, when he writes a song, you know it's him. But when I was hearing the guy sing, I'm like, what? And that's a good thing, right? He's yes, he had a little bit. He more, has his own little right. stamp. Yeah, he's he definitely does. top and, of the line. Man. So you know we. We hope to maybe have Jonathan here on the show sometime. Yeah. It's, it's possible. It's, he's I know he stays extremely busy. It's you know it's it's a lot of hard work. He's busy. Go, go it is. It's busy a hard going life. to the beach. Going to the beach right now. Oh, yeah. stuff. No man. <laughs> the way it works is if if you're lucky enough to get your foot in the door and write a couple of things in Nashville, yes. you've really got to hustle and stay after it to stay yeah. relevant right. and to keep going. It's right. extremely and hard he's, work. And he's doing it, man. He's he's he has. He's done he it is. for he's, several years. Yeah, now. he's he's putting them out left and right. Right. And not everybody can take that kind of stress <laughs> for a long time. I'm serious. I'm oh, serious. Oh, yeah, I'm, not yeah. everybody's nerves can deal with that lifestyle. Right. And that's why right. some people fail. Well, Wes, it's getting time to, to pretty much end the show. Uh, before we end, I want to go ahead and uh, remind everybody that they can listen to this show on TennesseeBackPorch.Podbean.com. Um, you can also hear us on the New Hub City Radio based here out of Jackson. They play all local musicians around the area, and it's a great station. You can catch them on Live 365. You can also catch our show on TuneIn Radio. You just type in the back porch. It'll pull us up. You can find any of our uh, episodes that are online right there. And we're also being played on Stitcher Radio, so you can search for us there as well. Um, we talk about this on every show. Uh, we, we don't make money at this show. We don't 
intend to make money on this show, but it does cost money to keep it running, to keep the equipment, promotional items, and things This is of that where nature. we beg, basically. Exactly. So that's so, the bottom line. So. <laughs> Exactly. If you really like what you hear, if you want to try to help support our local music in the area, go to our webpage. Again, it's tennesseebackporch.podbean.com. You can go on there, and I've set up a PayPal link where you can donate, you know, whatever you can afford. You know, if it's $5, $10, $20, whatever you can do. I mean, every single bit of it is going right back into the promotion or the equipment of this show. It's not going in anybody's pocket, I promise. You know, closing out, I want to ask Wes, you know, how can people get in touch with you? You know, if they're interested in recording with Highland House or, you know, tell us a little bit about what you, you've got to offer and things like that. Well, of course, our, our primary focus has always been the production of independent CDs. Folks, just like we've been talking about on this show, a lot of local folks that want to make CDs to sell on their tables when they play at different events. That's been our, our bread and butter, so to speak, that's kept our doors open. But now we're branching out. Uh, I also have a photography studio upstairs. I've partnered up with a, a local photographer named Liz that's absolutely outstanding. And we're doing some really good stuff there. We've always had a photography studio because we do the artwork and photography for the CDs that we produce. But we're branching out and getting into that more of the entertainment business stuff. Uh, we're partnering with Blackfoot Amplifiers. Now, this guy down in Henderson named Tim that builds Thompson that builds these amplifiers. He brought some over to the studio the other night. And, man, I sat there for hours playing through these things, and they're just awesome. They're just wonderful. Yeah, now, now that you talk wonderful. about Blackfoot, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on the next episode, we're going to have a band called Auburn Sky. And the, the guitar player of this group, Mr. Varner, he's uh, 16 years old. And, man, he can play the fire of a guitar. But if I'm not mistaken, Blackfoot is sponsoring him right He may now. be. He has some artists that he's working with. And, and, and uh, we're going to partner with him and have some of those amplifiers in the studio. Uh, man, we're, we're branching out in all sorts of things. Uh, and that's and, the way to do it. Branch out and, and do as much as you can for our local musicians and, and anybody that needs your services. So, so uh, I'm easy to find. Wes Henley at Hotmail.com. There you, you know, go. everybody's got a hotmail address and it's W E S H E N L E Y. Okay. That's easy. You have enough. a, um, do you have a website for Highland house productions? Uh, we have a Facebook. I, okay. I have a Facebook of course, and it, con okay. it connects to, uh, to the Highland house Facebook and all. Okay. We're working on a new web design. We're, mm -hmm. we're building a new site as we speak and it will also list all the other functions that, that we're going to offer. That's awesome, and Highland House has been around for a long time. I've, we were I've incorporated in 1993. Yeah, there we've been very I've, successful. We've we've worked real right. hard to keep it going. Uh, a studio is a tricky thing to keep going. You have to diversify with any business nowadays, and that's right. the main reason we've had these other things that we're interested in, such as live sound, yeah, uh, photography, absolutely, other related things, remote recording. We do some of that. We go and record folks live at, at venues. Uh, you have to branch out and get into different stuff. Well, it's, it's really been great having you on the show today. I know we have probably have not even scratched the surface of the stories well, that was you gonna could tell them, us. I was going to give them Josh's cell number so they could <laughs> call him to, to find me. I don't know. I, I, I got a better idea. You. Let's give him Jonathan's cell number. Right. I got it. Hang on. Yeah, let's let's pull that up. Let's, let's. Here, I'll tell you what, too, with, with Josh being in the studio today, Josh is also part of a very well-known local venue. Um, it's called the Downtown Tavern there in Jackson, and I've talked about this some in the in the episodes previously. That you know, to me, 
the downtown tavern to Jackson is kind of like the Bluebird is to Nashville. Absolutely. I mean, you've got a you know a lot of original singer songwriters coming in there. I think what Wednesday night y'all have got original is it songwriters. Tuesday or Wednesday? Series? Yeah. We, well, we do the open mic on Tuesday, which brings in a lot. And then of Wednesday people. is original songwriters. Yeah, and they're yeah. and they're from everywhere. You know, you, we've had them from from Washington State to to New York State, and there was a. South African group that came through at one point too. It's just they're from everywhere. They're passing through here anyway. And now that it's right. warm enough, is the patio going to open? Patio, so. well, it opened up. Yeah, yeah. last week. I or love so. it. I love playing there too. Oh yeah, I mean, so you know, if you come through the city, you know, stop by the downtown tavern in downtown Jackson. It's a it's a great music venue. Um, a lot of great music and local artists there. You know, so. Yeah. You know, Josh may be there. You may catch Josh singing on stage. And you like, may be fortunate enough to hear Josh sing. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, Josh. A, which is indeed a pleasure. And, we're, thank you, thank you. and like Wes said earlier, we're not saying these things about Josh because he's in the studio. Oh, I say he, him about him when he's not sitting in front of me. <laughs> Josh is truly talented. He's got well, a great thank, voice, thank you, yeah. and Josh really deserves to be on the radio. And he's a, he's a good, kind, sweet man. I always have thought a lot of you, man. I really do. And, you know, the bottom line is I want to be Josh when I grow up. I've already got his hairdo. <laughs> hey, me too. We're looking yeah. more yeah. and more yeah. alike all the time. Yeah. But Wes, it has been good, and I hope to have you back on the show again. Thank and maybe, for and maybe me. we can have uh, you know some more of your great stories that you've I'd got to tell. To. And I'd love to bring uh, maybe bring an artist and feature Absolutely. somebody sometime. Any, or something. Anybody I've got a few you've folks got that I'm real excited about working yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, anybody you've got is welcome here. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, I've enjoyed it's myself. No problem. So we hope everybody has a great week, and and like I said, just keep listening. Please go and share us with all your friends. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, like I said, you know, share this local music, support your local musicians, buy their music, go see their live shows, and, you know, hope everybody has a good week. Gee, I acted as well as I could. 